Do you know about Acker Wines? It's America's oldest wine shop and the world's largest fine wine auction house. Their weekly web auction is all the rage right now with thousands of new bottles available every week with all types of great stuff ready for drinking with prices starting at $20. That's right, 20 bucks. With hundreds of selections for less than $100 every month, there are tons of wines to choose from. If you're looking for fun, new, or aged bottles to try, each week brings a new assortment of the world's finest and rarest wines, often in try em out sizes. Also, there's no reason not to be buying at auction, especially when the finds are this good. In addition, the retail store is stocked with thousands of items to choose from, including lots of cutting-edge stuff. Go to ackerwines.com to get in on the action and take your cellar and drinking habits to the next level. That's ackerwines, A-C-K-E-R, wines.com. Use the promo code BWG25 to get $25 off any purchase of $100 or more. Retail only. Hey, I'm MJ Taller, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey, hey, everybody. What's up? It's your boy, MJ, and welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is celebrated sommelier Pascaline Lepeltier. Uh, she grew up in the Loire Valley and detoured from a master's degree in philosophy and a career as a university professor. She began her obsession with wine at the two-star Michelin-rated L'Auberge Breton under the celebrated chef Jacques Thorel. While working as beverage director at Rouge Tomate in Brussels, she interned at Georges V in Paris under the direction of best European sommelier and best world sommelier runner-up Eric Bomar. Promoted to the position of beverage director for the Rouge Tomate flagship restaurant in New York City, she moved to Manhattan in 2009. The New York Times prized her Rouge Tomate wine list as one of the best in NYC in 2013, and the World of Fine Wine awarded it Best Long Wine List in the World 2017 and Wine List of the Year 2017. Currently, she's a partner with David Lilly in Racine's NYC, one of the top wine destinations in the U.S., she overlooks a 2,000-plus wine list focusing on vin de vigneron, mostly organic, biodynamic, and natural wines. And she is a uh, sommelier of, uh, of the highest credentials. Uh, welcome, Pascaline. Is there anything else you'd like to say? <laughs> that was already very, way too yeah, long, I, I was way too say, kind. So. I was going to say the Black <laughs> Wine Guy is going to award you the longest intro award, 2021. Hey, voila, one more line on the resume. I'm going to give you a statue that looks like that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Put <it on> <laughs> So, I will bring the champagne for the for the award. Wonderful! I would love you to bring the champagne. So Pascaline and I connected actually through um, mutual friend and uh, 
former podcast guest, uh, Audrey Frick. Um, so, Pascaline, tell us what you brought. What are we drinking this afternoon? Um, I brought you wine from Vermont. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, nice smile. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. Um, what what what's the wine? Is it an indigenous grape to Vermont? Is it a uh, is it a cider? Is it, I mean, it's, it, yeah. oh, oh, well, don't be scared. It's gonna be good. <laughs> She's I, did, I just want to drink good wine from now on. I have no time for bad wine anymore. Life uh, is too short. So. I wholly agree. I wholly agree. <laughs> Awesome. So it really is a, a pleasure to have you here. Um, you are really accomplished. Um, I mean, we could have, we, I could have read, I could have took up like at least 10, 15 minutes with all your accomplishments. Um, but um, <clears throat> let's get some wine flowing and let's start talking about what it was like to grow up in the Loire Valley. You want me to open first or to start to flow my uh, history? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your story, right? Because and, and, you know, and you know, I follow you on Instagram, and I've seen you in the in the movies, and uh, I, I from that I know. Uh, I never I never really picked up on the Loire Valley, but now the whole Shannon makes sense. I know you're. Yeah, a, I told you. It's yeah, 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 It's yeah. very natural. You were asking yeah. about natural wine. <laughs> yes. Here's an example. <laughs> That's very alive. Yeah, so no, actually, that's cool. It didn't explode because then it would have like been like a first here on the uh, Black Wine Guy experience. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I chilled enough, so hopefully. Uh, Wonderful. Not, uh, some bubbles a to little start. something for my producer. Yeah, you are. Thank you. So, oops, sorry, my monitor. It's okay. I know. And we we we're we're we're, pr we're practicing precautions for your your guests. Thanks a lot for that. Thank you. Um, so what was to grow up in the Loire Valley, you know, it's, uh, I was extremely lucky to grow up in this part of the world. And like a lot of people, you don't realize how lucky you are until you leave that part of the world and you realize, oh, my God, that was very... No, I, I grew up in a, in a mid-sized town, uh, quite uh, uh, quite progressive town um, with, um, you know, just very lucky to be surrounded very closely by nature, but to have a lot of... Um, a lot of access to both history and culture in my little town, and the Loire is a is a, a very mild climate, very rich in a lot of natural beauties, gardens, and all that, um, and really living history. Like all my like in when I grew up, every year I had friends living in castle. Uh, you know, <laughs> you could, you know, it's it's just, and I'm from the middle part of the Loire. I'm in an area called the Anjou, uh, so a kind of mid mid distance between Paris and the ocean. So you know, as soon as I could be a teenager, you could take a train to the ocean. You can take a train to Paris. Everything was kind of close. Um, yeah, no, it was it was awesome, and uh, I was in a in a in a city that has always had a very very rich uh, culture, as I say, story. So, a lot of university, a lot of uh, foreign students. Um, so, from whole disciplines, medicine, mathematics, arts, all that. We had an independent film festival. We had, um, you know, and it's not being a very big city is not very expensive too. So, um, my parents, are, you know, middle class people, but you could have access to a lot of things. So, I grew up. I would say uh, privileged in a way that everything was easily accessible and uh, and uh, I could uh, be very exposed to a lot um, very early on. Um, so very classic uh, grew up, um, my loving, loving, loving family uh, um, and uh, parents that were 
really open to let me let me do things. I was quite energetic, so they were trying to find me any kind of activities to kind of uh, tame that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was able to, to do music or sports or stuff like that. I was very lucky. So uh, I grew up like that. Oh, my God. It, sound, it sounds just like how I grew up in New Jersey. <laughs> I felt some proximity often between did, the Loire and New Jersey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, you know, uh, you have... Uh, you had you grew up in Anjou. I grew up near Asbury Park. It's the same thing. It's just take away all the cultural history, take away the castles, <laughs> take away the centuries of culture, the fine food and wine. Take it all away. We basically grew up the same. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah uh, but once again, you know, it's something you you grow up and you're like, oh shit, I'm gonna visit again a castle or man, I don't want to do like you know. No, but you're at school and like I don't want to see that. I don't care about this like like Roman ruins or. And and you just don't realize how lucky it is to 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 be to be to be fed by that since you're a kid, yeah. um, to be able to go to the market every every day because you have a green market every day and your like vegetable costs nothing and you can buy your pig or, or your, your meat at at the local butchers that getting like ten miles from you. So you know when you grow up with that and it's normal, you just don't understand how how how. Oh, chance that you have to 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 leave that, and and this is why I'm I'm I feel, in fact, extremely lucky to have been able to leave and travel and go apart to realize how how things are different and how we need to fight and I give access to this kind of thing to way more people the way I grew up. Sure, sure. No, I <clears throat> I wholly agree. Did you have a big family or how many people? You have any siblings or? No, I had um, um, we have quite quite a tight family. Um, I have a brother and sister. I, um, I, I lost my sister when I was quite young. Mm, um, you know, so life, but it definitely had a, a, a massive impact on the, the way we're seeing life. Uh, it made our family um, in a way stronger. Um, it's um, this is why you realize also that nothing is for forever, um, and so. Uh, so I'm 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 close to my family, but I decided to 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 move away. But like I, I um, but my my family is very important. But we are quite different, also sure. in a lot of uh, ways. Sure, sure. And uh, Anjou um, is actually it's a, it's a well, I mean, I I know Anjou as a wine region within Loire. Um, did. I, I would assume. Did your family do anything with wine, or you said you um, nothing? Just it was just part. Was it part of your life, or was anybody actually involved in wine in any way growing up? Not at all, and not even in restaurants. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Uh, no, I grew up we buy vineyards. My best friends, in fact, used uh, the parents still live uh, just next door to one of the most famous vineyards in France. Um, but I got into wine when I was twenty-five. Uh, no parents. My mom is a teacher. My father worked in the car industry, so. Uh, nobody in a, nobody in, a, in the family was in the wine at all. Uh, they were drinking like supermarket red Bordeaux. But um, okay, but so for the record, supermarket red Bordeaux in Loire Valley is not the same as like like so, what, what? Okay, so so yeah, maybe, maybe the, no, no, it's not, no, it's, it's maybe you have a little bit more history of craft okay. because we are talking about hundreds of like of of of, of history of winemaking in in Bordeaux, but. My parents were not foodies, and my parents definitely didn't really care for wine. My mom was not drinking wine. My my father was just drinking a little bit of red wine, and that's pretty much it. And it was no for just 
could have been beer. It could have been anything else. Well, so no, wine was not in my landscape. Okay. It came later. Yeah, it came later. So you mentioned that. You said uh, you really didn't get into wine until you were 25. Mm. Um, how'd that come about? It came about... Um, um, as uh, one became a, a, a solution, in fact, um, a solution. Uh, a solution. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the only one. I think that. <laughs> um, no, but I, like it's. I was very. Um, I was very lucky. Yeah, like I, I just wanted to become a philosophy teacher, uh, and I studied philosophy very hard and very deeply. And uh, I, I did. A, I, I burnt out. Literally did a b- b- breakdown, burnt out before getting my diploma to teach, and I was very too young for a lot of reasons and, and um, wine saved me because um, uh, after my burned out I couldn't just do anything for six months couldn't walk on the street it was a very deep depression wow. very very bad yeah. depression yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, didn't want to take any medication at all um, and my mom said you know you have to occupy your brain You, you are, and she said just find a job uh, and before that, you know, I didn't have to reach have a job. I was at school. My parents were paying for stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. no jobs, really, all black, small jobs. But, and so, um, and so I, one of my philosophy teachers liked wine, and he said, why don't you try to go to a wine shop? And why not? <laughs> 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 and uh, I went, and um, suddenly wine, before I was drinking, like every kid in France, you know, you start to drink, you are one or two years old in France. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's a little bit later, but you are exposed <laughs> You are exposed to alcohol quite, it's part of the culture, you know. Right, right. Alcohol, it's, it's not as stigmatized as it is here. It's not as stigmatized yeah. as here, and it's really part of the culture. You right. really, it's not like you're drinking, drinking, but, you know, a little bit of wine with a meal or like a celebration. Mm-hmm. And so I was drinking, but I was drinking beer or Mocked, like cocktails or stuff disgusting and wine was not there but that moment was my philosophy teacher that happened to like Burgundy told me you know look into wine um, and I looked in I, I just suddenly said well what, what, what that what that exactly and I started in that one shop and and I found what I was looking in philosophy. Like suddenly wine became not just a, a beverage mm-hmm. or something too but it became something that I could touch Work, we work with my hand, uh, but became also what philosophy was for me, which is a, a, a way of seeing the world. I always thought philosophy is not a discipline of you are learning something. You don't. You just learn how to ask questions mm-hmm. through it, and you can ask questions about any subject. Um, and I realized, you know what, with wine, um, I could satisfy that quest of knowledge through something that was deeply rooted and grounded all over, uh, mostly all over the world, especially now, grapes pretty much everywhere. And on the other end, with an extraordinary strong cultural, um, um, how can I say, uh, rich, because one has been so part of so many aspects of, of uh, certain human culture, from economics to aesthetics to morale to religion and all that. And so suddenly through that spectrum, I could be grounded and satisfied all my questions. And and it was simple. And that was very important. You know, I I feel very lucky because I found wine, because I find a way of related to the world in this kind of simple way. Give me a glass of wine and I will it's, it talks to me and I often refer that to music. Mm-hmm. Um 
or sports, you know, when, when you have a you have a connection with an instrument. Yeah. You don't know, you, 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 you know, it's simple. It talks to you. You can listen to music, you get the beat, you can... Okay, I'm a terrible musician. <laughs> I tried the catastrophe <laughs> karaoke with me. <laughs> like my staff, every time they're laughing their ass off because I'm singing so badly. Well, karaoke's supposed to be that way. I mean, uh, it's yeah, not, but it's, it's not, not bad. It's, it's really not fun. <laughs> I mean, like karaoke in LA is not fun because people who actually are trying to get a record contract go to karaoke. <laughs> and, and, you know, right. and even in New York, like you could sing. That's not like, f- f- I mean, that's not fun. Fun is like. <laughs> We were drinking. We had some cocktails, and now, uh, now Pascaline's gonna go sing. Everybody, that's fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You would definitely be laughing on the floor. That would be great. I did karaoke a few weeks ago, and thank God, down in Central Florida, that was that was crazy. Kind of rocked the mic, but, but you know, but I had a lot of Coronas in me. <laughs> I did. Now, so there's a beer, right? Yeah, there's a beer. Because I, I, I was, I, I was in a bar. I, uh, I'll show you pictures, but they, they, I don't even think they, they, I don't even think they had, uh, you know, white Zinfandel. I mean, they had no wine. So sometimes it's better. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and and that's why I was like, you know, that's, what? That's it's going to be a beer night tonight. You know? That's a sign. <laughs> so, More bathroom, but less headaches. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. <laughs> For sure. So um, um, yeah, but to go back, yeah. So wine just talked to me. Yeah. Like wine was like, oh wow, I can taste. I love that. I can remember stuff. Um, and so when people are like, wow, you're so it's awesome wine, wine. I'm like, you know, guys, it's just because I found something I could connect to, and I deeply believe everybody can have that connection with something in his life. Yeah. It just I was lucky to have that happen and cross my path, and and that became wine and. Um, and that was a, a no return point. So, um, 23, I, I started to work in restaurant too. I liked it, but from that 23 ish on to 25 was, hmm, let's see what one is about 25. I decided to work full time in wine. Very nice. Very nice. Speaking of wine, um, Tell me about this. Is uh, tasty. This is uh, mm, tasty. Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Yes, 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 yes. What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, um, uh, is it? Uh, is it orange? Is it natural? Is it like? Uh, it's orange. Okay. It's natural. Okay. And it's from Vermont. <laughs> I feel like I'm in philosophy class. <laughs> it's making me work for it. <laughs> what is the essence of wine? Yes. Um, no, I brought you wine from um, a woman or a couple, um, uh, Deirdre and Caleb, um, that are behind a project called La Garagista, um, which is, a, it, which is a, a farm project in Vermont that's been around now for more or less, I think, more than 10 years, 10 to 15 years. Uh, I brought you that um, for a couple of reasons. Um, first, this wine is is made with a hybrid grape. Okay. Um, so it's made with a grape called La Crescente. Um, hybrids mean that um, it's a cross between European grapes, the vinifera, and American grape. Um, and people have been talking a lot of hybrids recently um, as a, a, a potential to grow um, in more uh, co- difficult wine region in terms of growing condition for cold, but also to decrease the amount of pesticide use because you are using um, some of uh, 
the the quality of defense of the American vine to be able to boost the immune system of the European vine. So you see more and more wine coming from hybrid as a solution in terms of farming. Um, she's working with hybrid for that reason, because in Vermont, it's one region that never really existed. We are at the limit of wine growing condition in a certain way, not very far from Canada. She's in like in Lake Chandler. And her project was to, a couple of years ago, to start a restaurant. She learned how to cook with her husband in Italy, and they went back to Vermont, where they were from, and to do an osteria, where they were going to grow all their vegetables and to cook that in their little restaurant. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to make wine. So she started to try to plant classic vinifera, like Pinot Noir and, and Grunewaldtliner. And she realized that without using heavy chemicals and a lot of uh, intervention, it was it was almost impossible. So our farming was from from the beginning close to regenerative in permaculture. So how to grow multiple crops locally uh, with uh, no no use of chemicals. And she realized that there is things you can't grow. There is things that even though that you want and we have the technology for it, maybe it doesn't work to do it just because the consequences of your intervention are going to damage, pollute, or have really, really issues for the future. So she decided to, to uproot all the vinifera that she had and started to work with, with hybrids that have been doing very well. Um, it's a very strange taste wine. You probably never tasted something like that. No, no. So it's kind of normal because you are kind of at the crossing of a lot of influence. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the parents of the grapes is a, a grape that you know, which is a musca or mm -hmm. moscato. Mm -hmm. So you probably are picking up a little bit yep. of the florality and the, the rose and orange and all that. But the other grapes are the American grapes. They have the, the riparia and all that that you may know because you get some jelly or grape juice, like Concord juice. Oh, or, yeah. yeah, Concord grape. So Smuckers, jam, Yeah, jelly. so it's not Concord, but you may think about this more. Uh, uh, a lot of aromas you may associate with jam uh, and, and all that. So it's, it's a new world of expression. People are saying that they can't express, quote-unquote, terroir. Uh, and we go to big words uh, about wines that have been building the kind of uh, mythology of wine. Um, Uh, grapes is an extraordinary fruit that indeed has this ability when it's fermented to express a place and a craft uh, out of every plant that you're growing in the world. Maybe coffee, tea can do that, but grapes have been grown and definitely developed to that to a certain level. And I really think this wine um, with these hybrids can start to say that there is a sense of place for an area like Vermont, because you couldn't really produce this kind of wine anywhere else in the world. So we are kind of seeing history being written. Um, and that's something that is very important because um, wine, once again, I was just saying there is a lot of mythology around wine. And one of them is the tradition, the history, untouchable history. And that's not true. History is, has always been extraordinarily dynamic. We are just having one perspective of what the history was from the past, which is usually history is written by the winner, mm -hmm. is what is told. Um, and this one is kind of reminding us that it's way more complicated than that. And that's and it's always all about a dynamic process of a connection between a will of somebody, a place, nature, what's happening in terms of the technology, at that very same time to produce something that will have a, a moment in, 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 in history. 
Um, so, and also brought that because I think it's great. It's natural. So not only she's really experimenting with techniques of farming that are very progressist um, for multiple crop without any chemicals, um, but she's of course doing uh, the production of the wine um, without having any additives. So um, this is maybe what we can call natural wine, which doesn't exist, of course, because wine per se can't be natural because wine is a cultural product. But when we are saying that wine is natural, it just means that the, the natural process that surrounds us in nature are in, done in such a way that human intervention can be taken to the lowest and yet allow us to enjoy a product of a fermentation that is tasty, that is linked to its place, that is stable, and that can connect people. So that's that that. So that's nothing in this wine. She makes a second fermentation, so it's made like a champagne style mm-hmm. or traditional style. Uh, she does skin contact on the first one. So this wine should taste like nothing else, but it doesn't really matter. Um, because I think what matters here is like when you're listening to, uh, once again, to new music, like an atonal music, something you never heard before, probably won't like it, but you're going to just realize that there is things that you never heard before. And suddenly your landscape is just going to be brought up by a thousand and like shit. And I, I was testing with that and now I can test that. And that's put the potential of openness. This is what I like in this wine. Um, well, it's it's very tasty, I have to admit, you know, because I throw shade at natural wine. Um, but this is very tasty. And thank you for really explaining and breaking down and, you know, getting into the hybrids and, and, and how also the farming practices. And I like what you said about since place. But, yeah, this is something I, I, I would drink this summer. Absolutely. I mean, you could drink any time. But, like, it's, it's uh, like you said, it has a little uh, petulance. A little, it's a little, little fizzante. Um Delicious, just, just, just delicious. So, what would you eat with that? Uh, what would I eat with that? Yeah, let's see. I'd probably start with that. So, a charcuterie, some cheeses, some some cured meats. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be fine. Um, what would you pair with this? <laughs> you can do. It. I think you can do a lot. I like the way you're thinking about meat with that because you know we we are still so full of. Uh, white wine goes with fish and red wine goes right, with meat. Right. Uh, okay, okay. It's time to <laughs> it's time to move away from a lot of um, of the a lot of prejudices. I I will have so much fun. I I'm very lucky. I work with an amazing chef um, at the restaurant uh, with also a partner. His name is Diego Moya, and Diego has a is a genius of vegetable. So we have doing veggie in all shape and forms. Um, and right now he's doing a, a crazy beautiful dish inspired by. His, um, his origin is American and Chilean from mm-hmm. his parents. And he makes that cabbage, brine the cabbage. It's a carafec cabbage. Brine it um, and then grilled a tiny bit of duck fat. And right now he's doing uh, a It's can- a winner. It's a winner. Just think about that. It's so I like duck fat. Too. It's a winner. It's a winner. Uh, I thought we have to give it Carafex cabbage. It's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Carafex cabbage is a new bacon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's cabbage bacon. <laughs> it's better than bacon bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
No, but you can drink a lot of stuff with that. That's what I love. I, I, and I don't do my pairings the same way I was doing it a couple of years ago because I was, I was still very at school. And when you're in France, there is a classic wine pairing you need to learn. Blah blah blah. Also, um, I'm more talking about energy. Yeah. Uh, so here, I think you need something with a lot of energy. Like the stuff is going in every direction possible. So whatever you are picking can be meat, it can be veggie, it can be fish. You need to have a product that is really full of energy in its, in its own. You need to have a really well-grown product that has enough uh, like um, stuffing to be able to kind of react every time you are picking up something on that. So I will, I'm building my pairing now with energy more than with flavor and structure. Oh, shit. This is a new one. I'm loving it. Oh. I, I mean, school is in. You are. I am, I am, I am, in, I am in wine philosophy class with the <laughs> Professor Le Peltier. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm probably, so sorry. I'm, no, I'm probably going to get a D or an F, but uh, I'll enjoy it. Um, no, I, I don't believe in grade either, so you can oh see. Oh, my now. God. Yes. <laughs> Score. Score. <laughs> um, so you said from 23 to 25, you know, you kind of, you were dipping your toe in it. And at 25, you were like, okay, I'm so glad I found wine. And how did you land the gig at uh, L'Auberge? Breton, that's that's kind of a big deal, right? It's a little two two star Michelin, two Michelin star. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> you, yeah, that was a big deal. The restaurant is closed now. From that that chef, he, he retired, but at that time uh, was definitely one of the greatest wineries in France. Um, uh, how did I do? I, I just uh, went, took my little resume, and just was banging on the doors to get an internship. Um, and I got refused uh, a lot, in fact. Um, I was a 25-year-old woman, never had experience in restaurants, uh, with all my philosophy diploma, because I couldn't go in hospitality school. I decided to do two MBAs just for the fun <laughs> in hospitality management. So I was like, I was, I was arriving, and my, my, my diploma, it was like, bam, bam, bam. I was like, hi, I want to be <laughs> somebody. And somebody in France, you have to understand, uh, it's not at all the, like what's happening in the U.S. with somebody is so not what's happening in France with somebody. Uh, when you go in hospitality school in France, is because it's a little bit not as true anymore, but at yeah. my time, yeah. was a major failure. Like for my parents, for me to leave university and to say, I'm going to go to hospitality school, was like kind of, um, yeah, it was like you go there because you can't do anything else with your life. Is that, is that the image was that bad, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so when I was going to try to enter hospitality school with my diploma, they say, don't do that. You are too many diplomas, go back to university, get a real career. Uh, you are losing your time. We don't want you here. So my only way to get into that was to, in fact, go more to university and get more diplomas to enter for the... How many, diplo how many, how many degrees or diplomas do you possess? I'm just curious. Well, no, but it's just, it's, you, when, when you get in, like, it's, it's, in France, it's running them over. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but so, so people just didn't want me. Uh, they were like, no, you... Uh, even like women, I went. I went specifically. I went to apply in that restaurant. She was one of the very few women sommelier wine director in France, uh, and I was like, I want to work with you. Uh, and I was like, I don't know a shit about wine, but I can promise I learn very fast. <laughs> like I, I can attest to that. I only been with her for like thirty minutes. <laughs> I can attest to the fact that you learn very fast just by what you're sharing. But so, so she said no. She said you are. I don't trust you. You should go back. Like, wow. this is not a job for you. And uh, you're going to be disappointed. It's not going to be like, uh, it's not going to be satisfying. I don't, I'm not taking you. And so I probably 
got 30 plus refusal before that gentleman said yes. Um, once, because I was a woman, so a lot of places were not taking women at the time. Um, second, I was already too old. Third, I had no experience. Fourth, I was already asking way too many questions. So they were like, no way. <laughs> 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 You're just like out. <laughs> Third, I don't know anything with my hands. You gave me a tray, like I dropped the glasses within two minutes. I'm terrible. I'm still terrible with tray. Like it's, uh, <laughs> but that, that chef t- took me and because he had a very massive bibliotheque. And he wanted me to help him also to arrange the bibliotheque at the end of the night. <laughs> and he's like, you, you come. Um, uh, and he was, uh, he was also a chef that was working with women. Okay. Uh, and that's something very important. We're talking a lot about women. And, and we have so much work to do as women um, leaders in our industry um, at m- multiple levels. But without men at that time, that gave me my first chance, I wouldn't be there today. Uh, and more than ever, I, I want to say that it's a collaborative work between men and women so to be able to continue to, to, to lift us up. Because without that man opening me his door at that time, trusting me, no experience, nothing, paying me for not knowing anything, um, I wouldn't be there today. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, with so much going on in the world, <clears throat> people waking up, um, we had Andre on. I'm sure you know Andre. And, uh, you know, Andre's this kid. He didn't have any credentials. And Thomas Keller took him on, you know, mm-hmm. and, and opened, that opened up a huge door for Andre. And, and, and it's opening doors for other uh, people of color and, and women in the business. So uh, it is one of those things where, um, you know, you, you want you want it to work one way like you said you went to that woman but you know grateful for the door opening and then um obviously you're very passionate about opening doors and inclusivity and diversity diversity inside hospitality safe to say yeah like it's um you know the last year has been um extraordinarily challenging for so many uh for everybody yeah uh, at a lot of different level um and um, but f- for me, I, um, uh, it's been a, a, an insane year to realize um, a lot of things I didn't know about where I was living today, um, and um, and being kind of uh, very ashamed of not spending more time to try to understand the new country and culture where I was living, and realizing how much prejudices or still hide of things that I see, oh, it's, it must be okay, or it, in New York is like that, or oh, I've never seen that here, but I always worked in New York in my little bubbles, and how easy it is to, 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 to forget about that and forget what's really the reality. And last, this last month have, and years have been, year now, it's been a year uh, with everything with COVID that revealed there is no other option but to be inclusive, to be diverse. There is no other way, uh, and 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 it's how how do you how do you do it at your level um, to make sure your action are have a, a real impact. Um, and so um, so yeah, it's been a, a lot of uh, a lot of time also for me to 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 listen to way more things that have n- never took the time to I don't know before it was just like work 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 my little work on my and suddenly you realize there's so much places voices and things I never really pay attention to and uh, and um, it's been um, it's been it's been and it's and it's still a lot to listen and to digest and to see what can be done really what what's the part the part you can I can play really 
to to continue to make the change happen. But uh, if there is no change, there will be no more like in in industry or whatever. That, that's just I don't see how it's not possible. It's fed by that. It had to be fed by that. So how do you do that? Um, to to read the, the the maximum to make long standing change. Small changes and long-standing change, that's, that's a lot of questions. That is a lot of questions, and that's why I did not practice law. Ugh, the people have no, it's so hard to make change, but it's not saying. That being said, we still have to be moving towards that. So you get this job, he takes you on, and then while you're there, and then you know nothing about wine, or, and then while you're there, you become the best uh, young Somali in the Loire Valley, and in uh, uh, Brittany. Britannia? Britannia, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, like, what, what? you said you learned fast. What does your life look like to earn both of those honors so quickly? Um, you know, I, um, I, I I was just working and, and, and trying to understand. You know, I, I yeah, I, I was... I've once again I've I've been very lucky because I I was good at school uh, you know and then uh, I kind of uh, I, I practiced sports at uh, when I was a teenager I wanted to become a, a professional tennis player um, so you learn um, uh, you learn discipline I say discipline focus you learn, you learn discipline and, and hard focus. work through sports. Yeah, uh, and I was like, I'm 25, I make no money, uh, my parents are going to stop. Like, where is my career? I'm just starting to be an, uh, 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 and today when I see, I'm hiring people at 21 that know so much about wine, I'm like, 21, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, no, but I was like, I have no time to lose and uh, let's let's put the work on. Uh, he gives me a chance, I have a chance, I can't, I, that's my responsibility to take my chance. Uh, and what does it imply? It implies testing, it implies testing, taking notes, and I'm like finding the best way to remember, finding the way to find my answers. Uh, and I was not shy, so I could go and ask people. You know, when you're 25, you're not 16. My colleagues, my at school, I was with 16 years old kids. Mm-hmm. We don't have the same life experience. So very quickly on, I was like, yeah, I know where I need to look to understand stuff. And uh, I have, I'm going to go for it. And man... It's, uh, you know, service at the end of the night. I was taking notes, every wine I was tasting that night, going on internet at the end of the night, looking for the wines, that's what I tasted, that's what the wine is from, that's the name of the guy, boom, 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 remembering, and every day, every day, every day, every day, and just building up and uh, no distraction because we're in the middle of nowhere in Brittany. Um, and, uh, and went for it. And then competition, I did a bunch of competition. First, because I always thought, and I'm still thinking I'm an imposter, Mm. Uh, in that field, um, especially in France, once again, you if you don't go through this great culinary school and hospitality school and do this hierar- hierarchical uh, yep. rise, you kind of not look, you are a little bit looked down. You know, it's like you need to go to this restaurant and do this next job and next job and next job. And I didn't do that at all. I went directly. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I always had a feeling of imposter. And unfortunately, in that job, in that in that business, in the wine industry. One of the only way to get credential and to be credible for a lot of people, especially at that time for men at a certain age, was to go through competition. So I like, until I win some stuff, they won't take me seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, I went for that. And, and then I continued to do competition after that uh, to push me to continue to learn more. And because at one point I really wanted to say, hey, guys, 
I'm, I'm here. I'm here for the long run, and you should listen to what I have to say. But you can tap, you can talk, you can... Until you get this kind of stuff, it was... It was not... Uh, I was not loud enough. Mm. Because that changed when you... The, 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 the look changed when you started. <laughs> <laughs> but that was unfortunately how it worked at that time. Yeah. Um, and so this way I did that. Okay, well, listen. Um, wow. So much more to talk about. We're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be back with more of Pascaline in just a second. If you're a fan of the show, you know that there would be no black wine guy experience without Acker Wines. America's oldest wine shop is now the world's destination for fine and rare wine. That's why I want you to go over to their website and check them out. Whether you're seeking the world's finest and rarest bottles or just something for everyday drinking, Acker Wines is the place to go to expand your palate and enhance your personal wine experience. Go to ackerwines.com. That's A-C-K-E-R wines.com. Use the promo code BWG25 to get $25 off any purchase of $100 or more. Retail only. Okay, we're back. So, you have this crazy ascent in um, your career in in France. And then um, in 2009, you came to New York City as beverage director for Rouge Tomate. Uh, what was that transition like from, from France to New York City? That was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I wish uh, you could see. I've got to put these bit up. The expression on her face was awesome, so awesome. No, but um, yeah, but of course it was exciting. Um, no, but I was. Uh, what happened is I was hired by a Belgium company. I moved to Paris. I worked in Paris. Okay, so you were in Paris. So I was in Paris, so. and I worked in Belgium for them in Brussels. And that company was going to open New York, so I was hired to be part of an, a, a, a chain. It was supposed to be a chain of restaurants. I'm eating my words on natural This is tasty, guys. Oh, no, no. It's very good. It's very good. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so. yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so um, the goal was for me to be based in Paris and to help them open restaurants a little bit all over okay. Europe and New York. And it was a restaurant based on sustainability. It was a green restaurant. It was a slow food restaurant. And it was in charge of a beverage program where everything was supposed to be um, sourced um, as naturally and organically as possible and served uh, the same way. The built-up was a, really everything from A to Z was thought about sustainability. And so I, I said to, to travel to the U.S. thanks to them. And uh, New York, first time, uh, oh la la, that was awesome. <laughs> 2007, like I, I will remember like the first time you arrived to New York, like, oh my God. Um, and so I, I traveled uh, quite a lot to help them open. And then we opened uh, with an American team. And then it was a week after Lehman Brothers collapsed. Mm -hmm. And so the opening was quite... Um, <coughs> complicated for like 380 seats restaurant on Madison um, so um, they asked me to move in 2009 for six months to help the restaurant to to revamp the the concept not the concept but to to find a new team and I stayed uh, I stayed because I knew I want like well I stayed because I fell in love because mm -hmm. I met my wife the first week I arrived in New York so all these, uh, so many wine stories start with falling in love. So what I fell yeah. in love. Um, so that was a so that was a big one, and then, and then New York was, you know, 
I was I was a, a pretty strong-headed person in France for the more traditional wine wine uh, intelligentsia at that time. I, I liked already natural wine. I was already extremely committed to defend uh, alternative type of farming. Um, I was asking a lot of questions once again. I was not buying the marketing bullshit of a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just was not feeling at ease in Paris. Um, I felt way better in, in Brussels. At one point, I was thinking about moving to London. And then when I, like when I arrived in New York, you just felt an, an extraordinary amount of freedom with this idea that working hard, you could achieve a certain level of success. Not necessarily financially, but you could go somewhere. Uh, my company was giving me whole freedom to build my program. And it was the beginning of the blossoming of all this natural wine industry, distribution, importation. So I could be with my wife. It was no problem for me to be, to be gay. Um, I could be, you know. And so I felt New York an amazing place to, to be. Uh, and, uh, and the world of wine came, you know, and it was extraordinarily stimulating because everybody here in New York at that time, none of them were coming from hospitality school or very few right it was a whole gigs of people from so many different backgrounds just getting into wine because they loved wine and went to work in restaurants and it was less stuffy and it was another approach so everybody was meeting was like yeah i used to be like to study law i used to be you know in the military or i used to like like to do a tattoo artist and i mean wine like oh cool 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 (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome and so suddenly once again i was fed with an incredible amount of cosmopolitanism and and a lot of ideas from everywhere and Honestly, it was absolutely not as diverse as it was, but for me, it was so much more diverse than what I was in dealing with. Sure, Paris. sure. Diversity, so, I was thinking about it, it's, it's, it's an interesting word people need to understand, depending on where you come from. Diversity looks a lot different, right? So, yeah. I mean, you touched on there's more work to be done, but it's so funny. I just, I have these random thoughts. Well, I have about 50,000 of them every day, but one that kind of uh, came to me was like diversity, you know, like... It looks a lot different depending on where your your starting perspective is. And definitely when you come to New York City, um, even just moving to New York City from New Jersey, there's this freedom. Like that's every kid's dream. Like as you move to New York City and you're going to make it and whatever you want to do, it's just a different different world. And whoever you want to be. Like like it's okay for you to be who you are. Kind of who you are, yep. and uh, even at and we had a Michelin star restaurant, and I, uh, like I was like, that's crazy to have so, so many like remembering tattoos. Like if you had a tattoo in France in a in Michelin star restaurant, you, you didn't have the job at that time. You know, it was yeah, was that crazy? You know, it's a. Uh, I don't think you could be a chef in New York if you don't have like full sleeves anymore. Like it's like it's it's, it's like part <laughs> of new uniform. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a new uniform, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so New York was uh, was just incredible, um, and uh, um, I just felt um, I just felt extraordinarily lucky to be able to be here, and it could satisfy and stimulate me to uh, the next degree. Um, and I had I, I was free to to build my wine program. Yeah, and that wine program got a lot of recognition. Tell me about that. Well, so just you you allude to this freedom, but I mean. It's pretty good recognition you got. I mean, how many wines? Was it over 2,000 wines or something? Or uh, how many wines were on that list in 2017 that got all that recognition? Uh, it's a big one. Yeah, we are like 2,500. But um, I don't think the number matters. I think what matters is um, I, I learned wine thanks to the to the producer, to the winemakers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, I, I felt every decision I've been making for my career, a job decision was about having a full liberty and freedom and integrity in my choices. I never wanted to be in a business where I had to put a brand because that brand was going to, you know, help financially yeah. the restaurant. Yeah. Um, so I, I also realized that was my philosophy background very early on that more than a sommelier, I'm somebody working in the food industry and I'm feeding people with something that can poison them. Mm. Uh, and I really believe that the next change is going to be a change for what we eat. I think today we are oversaturated by so many discourse and all that, that one of the ways for us to react is emotionally reaction. And and the, what when you start to eat well, good products, well-farmed, full of good nutrients, preserved and all that, that has such a reaction on your body, that has such a reaction of your mind, that suddenly you... You are reinforced. Yeah, really say, rest, restaurant means restoration, so regeneration. So I realized that I had a really big part to play, big part, not in terms of recognition from our peers, but just saying, I have a pretty big job. I'm feeding people. Like every night, I'm giving something to somebody that can poison that person if it's not the right thing, you know. But I'm also part of a chain that if I support a certain type of industry, I'm also supporting a certain type of farming that I deeply believe is wrong. So uh, it's uh, that's always drove my program. So and my program were less about labels or scores or whatever. I told you I don't care about scores. I don't care about score. I care about an idea of how we should in how should we relate to our environment the ecological environment, but the, the, the people environment. And I'm at the cross of both. And my program were always about that. Fair price for people having a very strong idea and integrity of what they are doing. And it's my job to to kind of push them towards other people that may not know they exist and just make the match and make my guests discover a whole universe they may not be aware of. And uh, for that is why my lists were always super ecumenic from more classically taste to more funky to every wine region to continue to explore, to look to Vermont, like to look at, I had at that time, a bunch of wine from Central Europe, Georgia, Canada, Quebec, new wine region here. Like continuing to say there is, open your eyes, be curious, being amazed. That's just, that's amazing. There's so many cool stuff. And Lift the label, take off the prejudices, just try to be for yourself uh, your own uh, your own critic. Just discover how much power you have in you when you taste and how much it opens you to the world. So this is, I think, how the, the, the program got, because they were a bit different, but not for the trend, but because it's <laughs> never been the idea. Right, right. And, and, and so it sounds like when you uh, made the transition over to uh, Racine's, where your 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 partner at Racine's, um, you continued, you know, the uh, Vend de Vigneron. Um, I mean, you kind of touched on this, but um, when you came over to Racine's, you feel even more freedom to develop and really put your stamp on the wine list and. Um, I, mm, I had a hundred percent freedom at Rouge. Okay. I redeveloped everything when I came to rest. So I, I left Rouge just because at one point the, the decision of the development was not matching anymore, really where I wanted to be. And I was, I was with them for 10 years. 
So 10 years, it's, it's, a, it's a very long time. Um, yeah, from, I, I'm, I've never had a job that long. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it was fantastic. Um, uh, no, Racine, I was very, very lucky because Racine was already an existing restaurant created by uh, uh, Arnaud Tronche, who was a, coming from the tech and was an absolute wine lover and he partnered with David Lilly, who has been a, an important figure of the wine world in New York because he opened Chamber Street Wines. Uh, it's a retail oh, downtown okay. mm -hmm. and Chambers as being a very deep, big player about what I was talking about, which is fair value, approachable price with high quality wine for everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so they already had a really good, fantastic list. And when I came, I just continued what I was doing. Arnaud was a little bit more classic uh, to the French, French and classic wine region. And I came and I opened up to just Vermont. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I pushed. I, this is what I like to do. It's really to continue to to look uh, around. Um, so it's what I did. So the list is moving a lot right now, and with COVID, uh, you know, COVID, we have a single tiny, tiny independent restaurant, no backing, uh, no outdoors, <laughs> not a lot of money. Uh, so you, my previous project, we had a lot of money. So yeah. No, no money here. So it's a new way of uh, of running a business. I'm now. Learning how to what that means to run a business, to be a managing member or mm -hmm. partner is not being a salaried person. Uh, you are hit with the reality of what you want to dream of and what you want, you can really realize. And stuff takes time and step. But I have an amazing team with me, and the list is gonna is, is evolving um, to hopefully I, I want to be a I, I want to be a list where I have the freedom to take risk to continue to push. Um, what does that mean here is really to be a place where it's, it's very easy to build a wine list in New York. You have money, you have all the distributors, you're all the wine in the world. If you, if you make a bad wine list in New York, you, it's because you want to do it. You want to make a bad wine list. <laughs> It's but we are extra, like we have all the wine. It's no, fantastic. I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. New it, York is amazing. It, it, you know, I mean, you can buy wine at auction. You can do it. I mean, if you have, you can do. There's no reason to have ass wines on your list. There isn't. You're right. I mean, literally, you just. And you should not. You well, know, you should not. And once again, uh, maybe I'm going to be very dramatic here, but we see the issues of agriculture. Agriculture has a direct impact on so many things, on land property, on land pollution, on the quality of the food we are feeding people with, um, crappy food that we have to to process so much just to give taste, a uh, lack of nutrients, crisis of obesity and disease. Uh, in it's Everything is linked to that, like the way what we farm and how we farm it, uh, what we teach at school, uh, what kids are eating every day at school. Like, so we have a job to, to play. We can have a successful business and be more demanding to our suppliers about what we are putting in a plate and in a glass of our customer. And if we don't start like that, it's over. It's just over. There is just too much that is done already. So there is, there is a, it's, it's really, I really believe it's crucial, especially us in wine. Like we are talking with the most valorized product. You know, you take a carrot, you can't use a carrot and make something that costs $10,000 a bottle. You take grapes. Jeff you, Combs could. <laughs> I'm talking about a real okay. carrot. 
<laughs> but you're right, Jeff Koon is very good. <laughs> but uh, no, but what I mean is we are in, you know, in we with a, with a uh, 1.5 kilograms of grapes, you can make something that's worth 10,000. Yeah, so yeah. people are super interested in wine. We are talking about one in your podcast. It's on YouTube everywhere. There yeah. is a movie. There is documentaries. There is it's sexy. It's like yeah. everybody's talking about it. So wake, let's let's just use that to say, guys, wake up. You can drink better at a fairer price. Making people pay the fair price in in the vineyard. Rethinking farmers, uh, workers, and and all that. And that can have an impact more globally on agriculture. Um, and that will have an impact on every other things because people are going to be paying better, eating better, in better health, you know, and all that's going to build on. So it looks kind of a little extreme, and we are in our little wine world on the side when there is so much more deep problem to deal with. But I I, I, I believe it's, it's linked. It's linked. Oh, so. it's all linked. You know, it's all, it's all linked. So Yeah, we're, we're all connected here. So switching gears a little bit, um, done some research turns out you're a pretty prolific writer as well um uh we found that you collaborated with uh alice uh fearing on uncredited but the the dirty guide to wine what's the dirty guide to wine about um dirty guide to wine um was uh, alice's idea to um Explore the world of wine with what with the dirt. So what you have under your feet, um, which basically is saying, uh, you have grapes, you have geography. Is how we learn about wine. But maybe there is other connection we can make, and it's through the geology. Uh, and uh, by doing so, suddenly you are f you are connecting places that you have never think about before being connected. So it's a it's more a book of. Uh, Impression. It's not a. It's not a technical. It's not a scientific book on geology. Mm -hmm. uh, Alice isn't a scientist, and I'm not a scientist. It's more. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. Uh, but it's more a book about saying, what about trying to understand that the world of one in a different way by, by what you have under your feet, because, it it, it really matters, uh, and it's a it's also a tribute to winemakers that are farming without using a certain amount of techniques and products that we know today are, are, are a problem for, for quality. So it's, it's, it's really, it was really, a, really an awesome book because it opened for me a lot of uh, new ideas um, about how to, how to make wine accessible, how to explain it, and how to, once again, to, to connect in different ways. So... We are talking about, I can talk to you about metamorphism and sedimentary soil if you want, but um, <laughs> or granny, like, like granite, so like different type of magmatic soil and, <laughs> and the results on the, on, 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 <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you do, I'm, but with the French accent, it sounds sexy and with French accent, we're, we're like, come on, tell us about us, tell us. <laughs> No, but Tell us about granite. Tell me about granite. No, but it comes back to what we've been talking about a little bit. It's um, you are taught things in a certain ways, right? Right. But and it's important because often it's the most common uh, knowledge and is it's make conversation, discussion, exchange possible because we are talking about the same thing or we are learning the same way. Right. 
But at one point, it's time to, not for everybody, but for some people, to ask if what you are taught makes sense and what are the real values that are behind what you are taught. So it's kind of critiquing, it's, it's a, you know, it's, that's the philosophy behind me, is a sense of why. Why are you taught something this way? What, why is this way and not the other way? One example is, you know, what does the wine smell like? You know, bruised apple with a high acidity and low yes. alcohol and uh, medium plus carbonation. I mean, okay, I can tell you that. I can make you a very specific analytic tasting for this wine. This one probably will never be put anyway. In a, for a lot of people, this one is crap. It's full of problems, full of default. Okay, the wine is absolutely enjoyable for me. Seems to be yeah, enjoyable no, listen, for you. Yeah, it's enjoyable. I mean, so, it's 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 it's. It's different. It's different. It's but different. see, I'm, I'm, uh, that's, but I, I, you know, I like what I, I like what I like, but I like different. I, I mm. have to try other wines. I, it's, I have to. But because I, that's just that's who I am. I mean, that's a great, I, great I just skill. have to because I can't, you know, uh, if I'm going to talk shit about shit, I want to know. I'm really, you know, but like, but I have to. I think, <laughs> I think you learn about wine by drinking about it. And, 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 uh, it, this is it's great i mean you know I, I i would actually buy this like like i would this is like for me it's a summer i mean i know you could do so much water but like i could pour this in some during the summer and people would love it they would and love just, it find it refreshing and just you know it's kind of got that glow glow you can chug it if you want um you have no, i'd have no problems with ice cubes in it you know and do you I feel mean, do you feel do you feel a certain level of satisfaction because oh yeah like just you know, just a pure like when it's in your when you drink it. This, I'm developing a lot this idea of energy right now in wine. I think there is new new ways. Um, going back to the analytic in one world, the way we are taught taught about wine. Why do you think we are taught about wine this way? What and do, why does it really make sense? Oh hell no. Okay, so why are we using it? Why, why, why is the reason behind? So, like, the question right now for that is, is there any other way to be able to appreciate, to talk about this kind of wine without saying, oh, it's different, or it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's funky, nasty, but, you know, it's like, there is, a, there is a moment right now that is fascinating and super exciting is that we can create new things. We can create new way of exchanging about about beverage or food, but beverage wine in that case in a in a in a brand new um, brand new free way. Uh, and how do you do that? Why do you do that? Um, and that's what's where we are right now. Mm. And a little bit the dirty guy to wine in his own way was a tickle saying, "Hey, why? Like, let's do things differently, and let's try to make it a common chat." So here. I love this one. I was telling you, I love the energy in this one. I love the way that I feel that my body is super happy drinking it. I love the way that despite being so intense, it doesn't burn. It doesn't do, just like there is. And when I have that sip in my mouth, it's like, it's exploding. It's everywhere. It's every direction. It's lingering. It's mm -hmm. like, wow, it's mm -hmm. dilatating. I'm like, oh, that's, that's so cool. But you never really talk about that when you talk about wine. You know, oh, it's bruised apple and rose and uh, a little yeasty at the end, uh, 89 points. <laughs> no, but I, it's, it's exactly right. Um, it's not how you stimulate people. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I I, I understand people who don't like scores, and and but I think the, the reality is 
are we enjoying this right now? Is it enhancing our life? What's the experience? Mm -hmm. And and those are the things that are most important. I mean, I think one of the things people don't realize is like the the beauty of wine is um, what you're going to remember is um, who you had the wine with, the meal you had, and hopefully the conversation. Not we had all these high scoring wines, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I believe that the stimulation of conversation um, is indeed triggers by wines that are alive. What's what I call alive wines that are wines that are not overly processed. It's like a good, if you really have a good meal with all the ingredients you just pick from your garden, whatever, and it's, the ingredients are still alive. There is a sense of vibrancy, like the way that you are when you're picking a fruit just out of the tree and it was really alive. You're picking it, you are biting into it is so different than when you get into your supermarket and get the frozen stuff that has been forced. So that little feeling of aliveness in what you are literally putting in your body, digesting, I deeply believe that makes your brains on fire. I deeply believe that stimulates even more your senses. And, and it's been also proven right. that your brain is literally sparkling with that. You have way more pleasure and you're going to get way more of this conversation we are talking. I'm, I'm sure about that. What is the, uh, there was actually, he's a Frenchman. And I, uh, he said, uh, tell me what you eat and I'll tell you who you are. Yeah, it's um, yeah, absolutely. It, uh, old, old timey French philosopher. But tell me what you drink, I will tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell me what you drink. And I'll tell you how much money you have. Um, that's, that's, that's true. <laughs> Especially here. Especially here, right? Especially here. <laughs> Look at your Instagram. Oh, you were premium yeah, yeah, exactly. that, that per month. <laughs> exactly. So um, we heard you're, you're publishing a book that's coming out next year. Uh, anything you could share with us? It's hard. <laughs> Writing the book? <laughs> or it's... <laughs> I'm writing the result. <laughs> it's like I am definitely not a writer. Uh, yeah, no, it's a book I would have liked to read when I started. Very nice. Um, yeah, I have a friend who's an author. He said, write the book that uh, you would have wanted to read, you know, as a person. So that's, that's, a, it's, yeah, that's that. It's, uh, um, it's uh, an ambitious book. Because <laughs> 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 it, needs, it needs to be small. <laughs> much to say. No, but it's um, it's not. It's a book of questions. It's not a book of answers. It's a book of questions. Uh, and my idea is, um, you can find all the encyclopedia of the world you want on the internet and all the data and the fact there is amazing books on so many subjects everywhere. And I won't be able to do that. But my idea is to take everything from the vine to the history, to the geography, to the aesthetics, the morals, the economics, the tasting and all that, and ask a question uh, and say, w like, I told you my favorite word is why, but uh, uh, one of the questions I'm trying to answer is why is quality in wine? Who, who is behind the idea of quality? Who is deciding what? Like, that's going to be one of the chapters, for example. And uh, and that, and I write a little essay every time, um, and I give an example. And so at the end of the book, you won't have all the appellations of friends or whatever. That doesn't matter. But hopefully I will give you the tools so you can start your own journey with the reference I think are important to know. And from that, you can build your own knowledge. So my idea is instead of feeding people with fact and data, I want 
my reader to feel empowered because they can ask for themselves and then they can find their own solutions and then they can build their own knowledge on. The same thing for wine. I, I want my people I'm trying to train, my people working with me, I don't want them to tell them, oh, that's a good wine and that's a bad wine. I want to teach them how to answer this question for themselves and to trust themselves to be their own critic. And I think that is more important than ever. We are force-fed a lot of things. We are force-fed a lot of information. How do we make the difference? How do we know what is valid or not? Uh, and that is building critical tools. Um, and I want to give critical tools and not answers. So that's a book. Uh, it's a bit difficult to write. <laughs> 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 But there will be pictures and illustrations. So <laughs> hopefully it's... <laughs> And my publisher is like, mm, you can't use that word. It's a, it's a too, I'm like, so it should be for everybody. It's a book. It's a it's a book for everybody. You you like wine. You don't know anything about wine. You should be able to pick it up, and you should be able to read a little bit. Kind of like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Wine Galaxy, right? You just want people. I like what you're saying. You want people empower them with tools, right? And that's really cool because. Because yeah, we can get um, we can get caught up in answering questions on a test and thinking that's knowledge and it's not, you know. Um, that's exactly that. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly that. It's uh, it's 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 not like so many exams. You just need to remember stuff by heart. But right. you, what what's the point? There is no point. The point is for you to be able, if you are in front of something, to be able to assess, use everything you know and find the right solution. Because at the end, we all know that, but every single day, every single day is about resolving issues and problems. It's about taking decisions and taking the less worse decisions. Um, and there is, like, I don't really like the word intersection, uh, But everything we are doing, every single thing is at the cross of so many uh, st strength, um, economical, social, like everything. So how do, you, how do you use wine, once again, as a field to learn how to navigate and to navigate with the most integrity you can? because you would have been able to try to learn or find the right, uh, the right information for you to take the right decision. And that's really what matters. And for me, wine is just a tool. You know, it's a cool tool because it's delicious <laughs> and it's made in beautiful region and people are great. <laughs> Winemaker, are like, you know, it's, it's an, um, like I'm, I'm not working in an industry that is like a little depressing and I'm, I'm not selling bonds, for example. <laughs> but um, but that's, that's a goal. That's a goal. Um, and um, if I can achieve it, uh, that will be, I will definitely be very hangover with the days of book is published. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a good place to end here with you. Uh, Pascaline, thank you so much for uh, coming on the Black Wine Guy Experience. Tell people where they can find you, how they can be a part of what you're doing, and uh, learn more about you. 
Yeah, but um, on the floor every night at the restaurant. <laughs> Downtown uh, Racines uh, is on 94 Chamber Street. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm there. I'm there every night with the team, and uh, I'm pretty active, or pretty active, less less and less active on on Instagram. But uh, the best way to reach out is through Instagram right now. You can reach out to me. Yeah. Um, okay. I try to answer on timely fashion. <laughs> Well, again, I thank you so Thanks much. Thanks about um, for having me. That was that was fun. You 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 <laughs> are such a wealth of information. We could talk for hours. We'll have to do that sometime where you don't have to go to work and, and you can, can come have dinner and come have dinner and drink tons of bottles. Um, everybody, MJ. Until next time. Cheers to the Mavericks. We had a true life philosopher on the show today, <laughs> a definite deep thinker and a hell of a natural wine drinker. Cheers, everybody. Thanks again. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list. <laughs>